Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Hello and welcome to the Motorsports Hour, your home for all things racing. I'm Parker Kligerman, this is Nate Ryan, that's AJ Olninger, and you might be noticing a lack of Chris Devota. They decided to bring in the professionals. Wait, Krista's not here? No. I'm leaving. We're on our own. Yeah, you probably should leave. We, we're going to need some help on this one. And down in Charlotte, we have our Hall of Famer, Dale Jarrett. Thanks for joining us, bud. Uh, I want to start off with, we have so much racing happening this weekend. What is the big storylines you'll be watching this weekend? Well, I think the biggest thing, every time you go to Kentucky, you think about the racetrack, just the difficulty of it. And, and I think this rules package could provide something we haven't seen, a lot of side-by-side racing, but some very difficult situations for these drivers to get in. And then, of course, there's always the points as we get uh, down closer to the end of the regular season. And we've got a lot of drivers that are right there that aren't uh, being feeling very comfortable right now uh, in their position uh, as far as the standings go. So I think these uh, storylines, and they kind of go hand-in-hand on a difficult racetrack and where they might end up uh, after Saturday night's over. I agree with you, DJ. I think when you look back at 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, I mean, that bubble there from Ricky Stenhouse Jr. up to Daniel Schwartz and Ryan Newman is really big to me. And I really look at Roush Fenway Racing there with Ryan Newman and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in the conversation of making the playoffs. I remember how devastating it was last year for that organization when Stenhouse didn't make it. And now you have a possibility of them getting two cars in. (laughs) Maybe one car or no cars. So this could be a huge pressure-packed set of races here as we enter the summer for Roush Family Racing. So I think this weekend's big for them, and it's big for that 17 car because he's been so good on mile and a half. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But really, I mean, the thing, if you look at the points, and we, we keep talking about it every weekend, the playoffs, but what's crazy about it is different names keep entering yeah. that 16. I mean, you look at Clint Boyer and Daniel Suarez now, it's four weeks ago, those names, you're like, okay, it's on the left side of the page. <laughs> no problem. They're fine. Right. Stuart Haas, yeah, they haven't won yet, but they're going to be fine. And next thing you know, there could be two cars in that organization that maybe don't make it. And to Parker's point, Ryan Newman now being above the cut line, three points up, and being in that 16th slot, I mean, that's his M.O., is, yep. is points racing and being able to get into the playoffs. He's done it at Richard Childress Racing. He's done it uh, Stuart Haas. And speaking of Stuart Haas, you take a look at Clint Boyer here. I mean, this is a major slump, guys, with you know, three finishes that have really put him in a bad spot. And AJ and I were talking earlier, I mean, stage points has been Clint Boyer's refrain all year long, really. But it's really kind of reared its ugly head here the last few weeks where that lack of stage points that that team compiled earlier in the year is now coming home to roost. No doubt there's a lot of pressure on those guys. But we have another race happening on NBCSN this weekend, Toronto IndyCar. Well, you got your eye on it. I mean, it's going on there. It's a favorite of mine. I I might have had a little success there. But, you know, Toronto, it's a street course. So every time you go into the IndyCar series and you talk about street course racing – it's a challenge. But for whatever reason, this race over the last couple of years, just anything can happen. And if you look at the results from qualifying to the way they finish, 
there's a lot of change in there, and it's because there's a lot of marbles that build up on that racetrack. It's easy to make a mistake. Joseph Newgarden last year, leading the race, had led the first 25 laps, restart, some buildup, got wide, hit the wall. Because of that, it caused a chain reaction where like six drivers got in a wreck going in turn one. So, you know, you look at the championship, Newgarden and Alexander Rossi have been the two dominant cars. We see here seven points in the IndyCar series. That doesn't mean anything. But Simon Pagano, 61 points back. He's kind of hanging in there. But I look at Scott Dixon, Will Power, Takuma Sato, really. Those three guys going into these next three races. We got three races in a row. They've had a few weeks break. Toronto, then you go to the short track in Iowa, and then you go to mid-Ohio. Those guys have to be really just perfect to have any shot of catching Rossi and Newgarden. And if even if they are, they've been so solid, it's going to be tough to catch them. But if you don't exit those three races within about 50 to 60 points, you're not going to have a chance at this championship. Even though they have double points at the end of the year. Yeah, it's it's still. They just, Newgarden and Rossi have been so solid, they're going to need something magical. I mean, th- this was the race last year where I felt like Scott Dixon really started to seize yeah. that championship, the fifth title that he won. He won this race at a time when the two guys who are at the top of the point standings we're talking about now, uh, Newgarden and Rossi, both had difficulties in Toronto, and I don't think they ever really recovered from it. So even though there's still a few races left here in the new car season, this is a pivotal one for the championship. No doubt. And let's bring our Hall of Famer back in here. We'll switch back to NASCAR a little bit. In DJ, you and I were talking earlier today about how Newman is kind of a great points racer, as you mentioned, and maybe this is he'll relish this opportunity to be on that playoff points bubble. Yeah, I think this is one of the big stories. You know, when NASCAR came with this set of rules uh, for the, the cars now, the big spoilers, high downforce, lower horsepower, uh, it was to bring in some of the teams that uh, aren't at the top now. We're, we're not talking about Penske and Joe Gibbs Racing and, and Hendrick Motorsports. And, and as much as we hate to say it, Rouse Fenway is not one of those elite top uh, teams anymore. They haven't been there for a number of years. And, and But Ryan Newman has gone over there and made this work. Uh, he's not. He hasn't been there running in the top five and top ten every single week, but he finds himself in a position that he can capitalize on that. And I'm telling you, when it comes down to strategies and putting a driver out there on older tires, two tires or no tires at the end of a race, there's nobody better than Ryan Newman that's going to get you a good finish out of that. He's going to block. He's going to be able to go faster than other cars that might have tried the, the same strategies. And uh, he's just getting the job done. So when I look at, at what's coming up, the different types of race tracks that we have coming up, yeah, the mile and a half and two and a half mile Pocono haven't been their strengths. But you have a road course, you have Loudon where he's won at, a lot of different things to where he can really make this work. So uh, don't count him out as far as being one of those guys that might upset the apple cart, so to speak, and, and find his way in there to that top 16. And, and Boyer could be one of those. When I looked at that graph, it just made me think, I don't know why this came to my head, but <laughs> if Boyer was looking to stay up late one night for and watch a movie or something, he didn't have to take notos or anything. Just look at that graph right there, and that's going to keep you up pretty much all night long as a race driver thinking, how the heck did this happen? I was sitting in such a good spot at one point in time, and now I'm fighting for the, my playoff life. Yeah, and that's really, it, it shows what stage racing can do to you, good or bad. I mean, you looked at Kyle Larson the last, I mean, really the whole season, he's been under the cutoff line or really right at it, and now he's 35 points above it. So it, it's, if you put in a couple of good weeks, you can have a lot of great points. And we see with Clint Boyer and Daniel Suarez, you have a couple of bad weeks, and it can really just drop you down in the points. And, you know, feeding off Ryan Newman, he's one of the best, if not the best, getting everything he can on the restarts. In Kentucky, he's going to be a place that that's going to happen. 
watching Michigan, Ryan Newman was running the fourth groove on the restart, just <laughs> kicking up dirt, going from 20th, and he, I think he ended up around about sixth or seventh place. So to DJ's point, Ryan Newman, when it's time to go get it, and I used to do it looking at his results, he'd be like, how did he finish 12th? Like he'd yeah, run 24th right. all day. So he is the best at doing that. And I feel like his teammate, uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., we always think about Talladega and Daytona being his best shots. So those have now gone by the wayside. But he's got a crew chief. We were talking earlier, uh, Parker, and Brian Patty, who knows how to point a, a driver in the playoffs. He did it with Juan Pablo Montoya about a decade ago. I think they know how to like play this correctly over the next you know, eight races and figure out how to get those points to get to the playoffs. And that's what they tell me. I mean, that team, Brian Patty, they're all about I, – I think of them a lot of times as like the Oakland A's of, you know, of NASCAR because in some respects they always try to moneyball their way into the playoffs, right? If, right. It, if it's not trying to points their way in, then they're trying – they go and win at a super speedway and they think, okay, we're great at super speedways. We'll focus on super speedways. <laughs> that didn't work from last year. So they're always looking for yeah. an angle into the playoffs. And that's why I just think for that organization, have those two cars sitting there with that possibility, this is huge for them. It'll be devastating if they don't pull it off. And Eric Jones. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a Joe Gibbs car that should be in the playoffs, and he's 18th right now. Nah, I think he's definitely in a hot seat in that yeah. sense. I mean, there's no doubt that you know, when you look at his situation and there's all the rumors swirling around about what his ride situation is for next year, being right there 13 out in a Joe Gibbs car, that's a tough position to be in. I, I think that's, that's, a lot, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, and I still think, you know, to AJ's point, I mean, look at Larson. If Eric Jones or even Ricky Stenhouse Jr., 45 points out, all they need are just a couple of good weeks in a row, and they, they can flip the script on this pretty quickly, depending on trouble for drivers ahead of them and, and get above that cut line. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we've talked NASCAR. We've talked IndyCar. What's another big storyline? Uh, big story in Toronto this weekend will be Robert Wickens, who uh, is going to be driving on the parade lap in a Honda Acura using per, uh, hand controls. As we all know, he's still recovering from the injuries in his crash last year at Pocono. He's going to be driving in this race, which, again, is his hometown race. He finished third in this race a year ago as a rookie in IndyCar. As you can see there, his fiance uh, will be accompanying him on the parade laps Sunday's race. He had a little bit of a test drive that we just saw there uh, on Twitter, put awesome. up some video. It's a pretty cool story. That's amazing. I mean, he's just so inspiring, and, and just being able to talk to him at the racetrack when I've seen him, I mean, he just... You can tell he loves being at the track, but he misses the driving part so much. But he inspires all of us, inspires his team. I'm just shocked that they're, well, not that shocked, actually, that they're not letting him be the uh, pace car driver <laughs> because he'd probably take off and never, never just, he'd never set <laughs> it at 50 miles per hour, whatever it was. He'd catch the field and run him back down. So uh, it's just pretty awesome to see. And DJ, I mean, this is an amazing story. If you've, if you've seen any of the social media out there, anything he posts about this climb back to being able to walk and getting into a car to be able to drive on a racetrack, this is an amazing story. Yeah, what AJ just said. What an inspiration. When you see someone take such a devastating injury that he's had here, and a lot of people, you know, can't get it within themselves to pull themselves back up, but he's making the most of this. Just an incredible person, and, uh, you know, this is going to be great to watch this weekend. And I... Think I, I, you see that post there. I just think all the things he's posted on social media over the last couple months, and it was right. actually a story by my co-host from Proving Ground, Sam Smith, and Road and Track. That was an amazing story of him going through these motions and being able to walk again. I mean, this the the mental fortitude of all his positive attitude has led to opportunities like this. Yeah, I think that he, him bringing fans along on this journey, which obviously has been very uncertain from the outset, 
with those injuries he sustained at Pocono, a lot of questions about, you know, not just will he race again, but will he walk again? And that, you know, posting the, the, the Twitter video with his fiance of being able to stand and hoping that he'd be able to dance at his wedding, as he's talked about doing, it's just, it's really inspirational. And it was, it was great when he returned this year for the opener at St. Pete. That was one of the big storylines there. And I'm sure it'll be another one this weekend at Toronto. Incredible, incredible. Well, we're not going to put Robert Wickens in our poll for Motorsports Star of the Week because, one, we already know that he's a star, right, guys? <laughs> yeah. And, two, we already know he'd get 100% of the vote. So we need to make this fair. Therefore, go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote and choose from these four. So we've got Justin Haley, the upset winner Sunday at Daytona, getting a big hug there from uh, Joey Denowitz. And then also Bubba Wallace keeping the fans entertained. There's quarterback skills. AJ, you're impressed by that. It was definitely better than Hamrick's throw that hit the middle of the fence. <laughs> I think his receiver That's skills catch, were better. That's the catch, right yeah. there. That's I, I amazing. I think it was a wideout instead of a QB. That's Odo Beckham-esque right there. And then this one I love. Matt Kenseth, who showed he still got it with his win Tuesday at the Slinger Nationals in a duel with Ty Majeski over the last couple laps. Bumps a little bit on the exit. Gets his eighth Slinger Nationals win. An all-black suit, just Gatorade wheels up on. I think it's so cool. I like that. I like that look for him. He's, he's still got it, guys. If he was in a cup car, he'd still be winning. And Mazda finally breaking through with back-to-back wins in IMSA, which if you've been following along the IMSA series, was huge for that organization because they've struggled so much up until this point. Again, go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. Final results are coming up later in the show. Therefore, coming up, more of your grassroots memories from the hashtag MyTrackMyRoots, plus me and AJ are going to try something very different oh, than similar. Oh, uh, AJ, are you ready for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sprint cars coming up. My track, my roots. Can you give me thumbs up? I consider probably Placerville uh, Speedway uh, my home track. It's 45 minutes from Elk Grove. I remember, you know, waiting in line for the grandstands to open up uh, with my parents and going to set our blankets down early, you know, to save our spot. That's why I ran my first sprint car race. I was 14. The youngest legally allowed to race a sprint car in California. Jeff Gordon was, I think, 13 or 14 also, but they said he was 16. So, um, destroyed a race car my first night, and uh, a few months later, I got my first win there. Probably one of the smallest sprint car tracks I've ever raced on. High banked. Um, just in a great setting uh, up in you know, the hills of, of Placerville. So I just got you know, a lot of uh, friends and family around the area. and Yeah, I still get to race there here and there. That was Kyle Larson sharing his grassroots memories. And you can do the same at hashtag MyTrackMyRoots. From Hueytown, Alabama, here's late model racer JoJo Wilkinson and her father John, who competed in ARCA during the 90s. And we also have grassroots fans checking in from the last frontier. You can find Alaska Raceway Park in the mountain town of Palmer, Alaska, about 40 miles northeast of Anchorage. And these fans are watching their 14-year-old neighbor race three-quarter midgets in Columbus, Indiana. Their neighbor's competition another local named Tony Stewart.
And now let's head over to Parker and AJ at the simulator, where they're taking on one of America's most famous dirt tracks. Thanks, Nate. That is right. We're at Eldora, which is owned by none other than Tony Stewart, who's been a huge proponent of this my of this grassroots racing movement, my track, my roots, hashtag my track, my roots. AJ, you are in a sprint car, a 410 wing sprint, because, and we're gonna do a 10 lap race. Oh, here we go. Throwing it in there. Oh man, this is actually very difficult. I don't, uh, I don't think I'm gonna take Larson's ride anytime soon in a sprint car. This is pretty good, you're moving up. This is impressive. So, you gotta run the cushion sometimes here at Eldora. Yep. Oh, oh my no. goodness. Take it out. Oh, well, we have to say that these are all real iRacers from around the world that are joining us. So, somebody give me that name. <laughs> so we're going to try and reset this here. Oh. You're just going to have to turn laps now. All right. You know what? Can we get on TV that that was not my fault for once? I think I think it's pretty obvious this well, time. This one time. This one we'll time. Let you go. Yeah, we'll let you go. All right, here we go. You're back in it. That's a great thing about iRacing, the reset button. Yeah, my favorite, favorite aspect of it. And that's the thing, though. We're at a dirt track because when you think of grassroots racing, you think dirt tracks, right? And this is probably like one of the mecca of dirt tracks out there, Eldora. It's huge. It gets a huge crowd for the Truck Series race. They have the King's Royal coming up, not this weekend, but the next weekend, which is wing sprints. That's a huge race for them. So, I mean, that's why I think when we thought of this, we were like, let's go to Eldora. By the way, this is why guys like Bell, Christopher Bell and Tony and uh, Kyle Larson, Tony Stewart, all these guys that raced in Cup are so good at running the top. Just trying to run the top of Eldora in a, <laughs> in a sprint car. You're doing decent. Intimidating. Yeah. All right, we're gonna go to the ball. bottom here and see what, see what. There's all kinds of grip on the bottom here. You're coming to two laps to go here. Well, this in is, your race. We'll see where you stack up. We, you know, the competition is whoever finishes higher in their race. So well, I, you got to keep going here. I'm going. Coming to the white here? Yeah. All right, we're gonna run the top. Nice. Building some momentum. I'm gonna make a run on this guy. Watch this slide job. Oh. Let's get in there. Oh. Slide job. That's Got him. Slide job. Got him. Here we go. That's a completed slide job. I'm running the big top here. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, no, oh, oh no, on the wall. The oh, yeah. The Little tear off. Got it. And there you go. That is the end of your 10 laps or some sort of 10 laps. I don't know what that was, but. I want the name of that guy that wrecked me. Where do you think you finished? That's fourth. I don't think that's true. Okay. All right, then. Well, yeah. I'm sure uh, Bell and Larson's sprint car rides are safe after that display. <laughs> oh, we got Oh, there's we guys got everywhere. And you see those quick hands? I had those on Friday night as well. Why is this such a struggle, though, for us? Um, we've never done it. Is that what it is? And it's just, uh, you know, sprint car racing is some of the most purest form of racing there is out there, whether it's winged non-wing midgets uh i mean you see the the dirt late model series it's uh it's pretty awesome and eldora is one of those places that you just got to get up on the wheel and hold your breath at least i did i'm no, still yeah I'm still i think you're nervous. basically out of breath yeah hey, basically what we figured out here is that i don't have stiff competition to beat later when i hop in the sim How for my much? 10 lap race is it because i made right. the bet the last time yes that's what it is this is karma yeah okay all right that's uh, whatever. Yeah. Well, Nate, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, AJ certainly had some trouble there. Uh, coming up, every track is a hot spot for trouble, and at Kentucky, it's turn three. What makes it so treacherous? We'll talk about that next. Green flag is in the air. We're racing at Kentucky. Outside even. 
Outside, tight right, tight right. Trouble! Kozlowski goes around. Clint Boyer goes around. Jimmy Johnson got into the wall. One more time around as they wreck behind him. The caution has come out. Johnson, he gets sideways into Boyer. Back after man. Damn it. Oh, and around goes the 21 Ryan Blaney. Chase Elliott as well. Turn three is always crazy and something to think about at Kentucky. Our coverage here on NBCSN starts tomorrow. We've got two big races under the lights, the Xfinity Series on Friday, and then the Cup Series on Saturday. All night races, gonna be exciting, AJ. But let's head down to our buddy DJ there in Charlotte. DJ, turn three. It's just notorious. It's just difficult because it's flat. Yeah, so tough. I, and I never had to race there, so I can't imagine what you guys went through uh, actually <laughs> racing there. So mine, it was hard enough for me just testing it and trying to get speed uh, and, and trying to, to figure out exactly what it wanted. And, you know, this corner is so tough because it doesn't have a lot of banking. Even good friends can't get along in turn three here with Ryan Blaney uh, and Chase Elliott in the 24 there at that time. So it's just so difficult trying to get through there two, and at this time, they were three wide there. But it's just such a tough entry. As you go down the back straightaway, there's not many markings. You're probably further away from the wall than anywhere else that you go and race uh, as you enter a corner, and, and there's just no markings to judge by. And I always found, even trying to make speed, that if I tried to ease into the corner, then I was picking the gas up sooner. And this weekend, they're going to be out of the gas less than what they ha ever have been in trying to pick the gas up. But when you do that and you try to pick the gas up sooner, then the car wants to really push on the exit of turn four and you lose speed there. So it's just so very difficult. And I think with this rules package, that's just going to be magnified this weekend, especially with the traction compound that they have down in turns one and two, where you're going to be able to carry a lot of speed off of turn two and down the back straightaway, then that's going to make things very interesting. And as drivers start to side draft more, uh, things are going to get really fun for us to watch, maybe not for the drivers to, uh, that are participating. Yeah, and, and really talking about turn three is, is as you get into the corner, it's so wide open, so it's inviting. As a driver, you say, okay, it's so wide, there's so much room. Man, I can drive this thing off in, into the corner, and I have so much room to play with. Well, the problem is, as you get down to the apex of turn three, it's off camber. It kind of falls away from you which is what corners aren't supposed to do for a <laughs> nope, stock car. Nope. You're used to the banking to grab the side, the right side of the car to help turn the car. Well, as you go in, that track falls off camber, and that's what really makes the car tight. So what do you do? Well, I free the car up on entry so I can help it turn in the middle. Well, the problem is once you start doing that, you get too loose on entry, and that's by yourself. Yep. You get some cars next to you, and that's what we've seen in all those clips, and we're probably going to see on Saturday night, is the fact you get a car next to you, you get in there, and it just takes all that downforce off the right side of the car, and we're going to see probably a lot of wrecks because we've seen with this package what is one of the most important key elements of the race, restarts. Yep. So you come off turn two, wide open in the gas, probably two, three, maybe at times four wide. Drivers, we're not very smart when we put the helmet on, so we all drive down in the corner. Lose well, the air there. At some point, the corner gets somewhat tight in the middle, yep. and it falls off. So that's where we see all the accidents happen. I've always felt like turn three to me is a corner that I either overdrive or underdrive. But I've never gone through there once and thought, I did that right. That was perfect, <laughs> yeah. right? So you mentioned how having cars around you can be tough. Well, we got found some video here from back there with the 98 and the 23 entering turn three. And I want to actually point something out, which I think we should do here. This corner, it's flat, and it almost feels like it goes like that, right? Like yeah. it's just like you have to make that first turn, and then the rest of the corner – 
is given away. Well, and the thing is, too, as you talk about, is the fact that you see, like, right there, normal a normal corner you would drive down to the apex. Yep. Well, because there's no banking there, you can't get down there. So you try to drive it in earlier, which makes the car upset center off. And let's see what happens with that. When okay. You do that. Yeah, let's right do that. here. Yeah. So we'll see the 23 has lost that side force you're talking about, has the 98 in the outside. He's just a sitting duck. And at this point right here, they're done. Yeah. Right? That's over. You've, you've lost it basically on the entry already. Yeah. But by this point, this corner's done. You've lost everything. You don't have the side force. The 98's been hit. He's going to be hanging on for dear life all the way to the wall. And you throttle up and you just praise the driver that you don't hit that big green thing up top. <laughs> well, I don't think they're going to have that same not, scenario. The 23 might get away with this, but the 98, he ends up in the wall here, and that's going to be the end of his night. And that's just what's so tough because you want to squeeze that car on the inside, but you can't because if you do that, then you're leaving yourself vulnerable for them to have this same scenario. And that's the thing. Even with the, the trash compound, the PJ1, whatever you want to call it, up there, it's still dirty. There's nobody running up there. So the fact is, is once a car gets up in that dirty gray area, it's like driving on ice. Yep. So that's where you see cars trying to save it. And once they get up there, it's game over. And I just wanted to show that. So like, basically, you have all this black area. That's where the rubber's been laid down. It'll be kind of PJ1 this year. But once you get up there in that third, fourth groove, right now... You're done. Yeah. There's no grip. And there's so much dust up there, too. You might, you might as well make it just a hockey ice rink because that's what it feels like. I have been wondering forever, why did they add all that space? <laughs> you know? What are they doing up there? Just inviting us in. You just drive it in deeper. Look at all this space. Doesn't work. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. It's not just turn three. No. You know there's other corners there. There is other corners. There is other corners. And this is what happens sometimes off of one of them, which is turn two. Here we have Kyle Busch back in 2016 practice, and this is probably one of the coolest things I've ever seen in a stock car. We'll get going here. Look at this angle. Look at that. That's amazing. What does he go on to do? He saves it. How do you do that? Okay, and that's the, the bigger thing is, is the first correction's cool, but how he doesn't hook it back up to the yep. wall, how he saves it, that's like there's drivers that can save that, but most of the time when they save it, they come back up and they hit right, right front first. Right here when it's sitting on that left rear. Yeah. They're going towards the wall. No. Kyle no. Busch, he just hangs on to it. And I remember watching this in practice because I was sitting in the hauler and I was like, oh, my goodness. And I remember <laughs> him getting on there going, hey, guys, a little loose. It's like, yeah, <laughs> slightly. But that's the thing is, is with the PJ1, I'm interested to see if it changes that little bit because when they first did that, he was a little bit too wide. The right side of the car was, I mean, the tires were barely in the gray. That's what gets the car loose. So will the PJ1 help that? Yeah, and DJ, I mean, that's the thing. Off turn two, you're going to have a ton of speed this year. You're going to be in the throttle. That's going to have the speed to turn three. But off turn two, you're going to be looking and squeezing each other and trying to side draft. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, it really is. And we're talking showing a guy there that maybe have the best car control of anybody that we know. And not many people could say that, as you were pointing out. I just wonder on these restarts, what's going to be the preferred line? If you were to guess what might be a trouble spot. I think exit of turn two on a restart might be a, a place that'll be uh, a trouble spot because of how the banking flattens out there so quickly. But it, it, as you two drivers think about the races you've been in there now and with everything that we have going on, do you want to be on the outside or the inside line on these restarts? That's a good question. I, I really think if you're in the first couple of rows, you're going to want the outside because with these cars now at 550 horsepower, that momentum is critical, and we've, yep. we've seen it, especially at these mile-and-a-half, two-mile racetracks. So if you can start on the first couple of rows, pin that guy down, try to slow that car down a little bit, come off the exit of the corner and carry that speed into turn three, 
that's probably where you're going to want to be. Now, rows three, four, five on back, that outside lane, that gets a little sketchy. So you kind of <laughs> want to be the inside, but you know what? As we've seen, if you're on the inside lane, you get bogged down. The next row behind you usually isn't very nice about just, hey, I'm just going to push you. That guy usually ducks out and makes it four wide. So I'm going to say at least when you're going four wide in the corner, you're going to want to be on the bottom because if you miss the corner and you yep. get loose, there's three other cars to help so slow that's, you down. That's what I was thinking. If you're a couple rows back, you want to be outside so you can go to the third lane because that's worked a lot. It's worked for me this year. But otherwise, if you're in the front few rows, you're putting a lot of trust on that inside guy. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a sketchy place to be, as we just saw there. Well, also, what's not a sketchy thing is to make sure you get your votes in. Up next, the final results of our Motorsports Star of the Week poll. Go to NBCSports.com slash NASCAR vote. You can choose from Justin Haley, Bubba Wallace, Matt Kenseth. Oh, there's Bubba's throw again. Matt Kenseth from the Slinger Nationals. God, that's such a cool video there of that finish. Love it. There he goes, moving him up there. And Team Mazda Yost from IMSA getting their second win in a row. Get your votes in now. More Motorsports Hour after this. After we're done, Dave Burns and Jeff Burton will have Xfinity Series final practice for you at Kentucky over on the NBC Sports app. Jeff is also going to take your questions. Just send them with the hashtag NASCARFanPractice. And time to go around the world. In 60 seconds, we start at the Goodwood Festival of Speed, where Volkswagen's electric prototype broke the hill climb record set 20 years ago by a Formula One car. That Those electric cars that, that thing was so fast. It was such a cool app. Last weekend in mo uh, motocross, Marvin Muskan, huge crash. He's stuck under the bike here in the oh, first man. moto. Yikes. He comes back to finish seventh in that moto, goes on the second moto, dominates, wins the, the second moto, but Eli Tomac was the overall winner. Oh, wow. That's a real comeback. Dale Jr.'s niece, Carson Elledge, also had a wild ride on Tuesday. She flipped over the track wall in the USAC midget race. Oh, in Oklahoma. Thankfully, Carson was okay. Guys, that's a wild ride. Glad those trees weren't any closer to the outside wall there. Yikes. Glad the tail tank hit the back of the uh, the wall, the top of the wall there too. That's yeah. That's always scary to see that. Carson Elledge is not scared to throw it down in a corner. <laughs> you ever see him run an outlaw card as well? It's good jeans. Well, speaking of corners, Silverstone has made changes before this weekend's British Grand Prix. They've altered parts of the course, including here at Turn 7, to keep drivers from abusing track limits. They've moved the gravel in. Yes! Thank you, Silverstone. We don't have to talk about track limits. There should be natural track limits, which is either grass, gravel, or a wall. I don't want to hear about track limits. What if anymore. I want another Montreal rant from you? Oh, Not yeah. Not, don't, don't, don't get me down that path. Right. You can't take it. <laughs> Do you agree? No, I mean, I think they should have space out there. I mean, drivers make mistakes. I mean, we got to allow that for drivers to be able to get back on the racetrack. I mean, that's a terrible decision, don't you think, Parker? I just don't even want to get into it. <laughs> worst decision ever. It's uh, the worst decision ever. Well, you go up there and punch somebody in the face. <laughs> I'm moving on. For IndyCar this week in Toronto, the track limits are well-defined and quite effective uh, because they are walls. Thank you very much. That surround the 11-turn street course at Exhibition Place where even a slight error can end your day, which I love that. So... Storylines going into Toronto. We talked about the championship contenders. Which one comes out on top? Who comes out on top? I think Alexander Rice. He's got so much momentum going into this race. They've been so quick at Long Beach. He dominated on a street course. But Toronto is a racetrack, and, and we spoke about it a little bit before. 
There's so many variables that happen there. For whatever reason, all street course racing is tough, but this racetrack, it just lends itself for so many mistakes. The, the marbles on the racetrack build up so much. It's very narrow, so the drivers have to be aggressive if they want to make a move. They kind of have to force through. This was New Guard on the restart. He missed the turn in by like six inches. Yep. And because of this, he has a bad restart. Everybody goes down in turn one, and they just decide to crash. <laughs> so they <laughs> made that to put conscious it. decision. Yeah, right here. But And, and we see Rossi. I mean, this is a, the championship contender. He was in the middle of this last year. So there's things that happen at this racetrack that, unlike a lot of street course races, can really mess up the championship if Rossi or New Garden have a mistake or have something happen like that, it can have big championship implications where, say, a Scott Dixon wins yep. or a, a Will Power. Next thing you know, they go from 100 points to within 60, and they're right back in the ballgame. And, Nate, this is such a cool event. You were there it last is, yeah. year. The city just gets into it. So I love street course racing, but this is one of the marquee events in Canada. I covered it last year for the first time, and they also have a NASCAR race the same week yep. on the Pinty's Pinty race. Series. And uh, that was a thrilling spectacle as well. They had a great, like, last lap battle. And I would love to see NASCAR get to Toronto <laughs> with a major league series Ooh, at some point in the future it's be been cool. all the discussion these days yeah. street course racing all right aj so you've driven around toronto we've got a helmet cam here i want you to take me around it and describe this place corner by corner i think we're on with uh graham rahal graham rahal here so this is this is really setting up for the last corner getting i don't know whether we're just uh getting up speed here but yeah so they changed the section from the last time i when i was there so you're getting onto the front straight away here this will be actually the start of the race, and this is what makes this race so crazy. Look how narrow, Parker. Yeah. That's that's two cars whist wide. That's and they're gonna make it four, but it's really two car whist wide. It's insane. You go down in the brake zone, turn one here. It's very bumpy. It's tight. Look at how tight this wall is. They're bouncing oh. off each other. This back straightaway's got a bit of a kink here. So you get on the power, the wheel spin. Down the back straightaway, it's still got a little bit of a dog leg setting up for it. Then you get into a right-hand corner, turn three. And right here, you're going over well 160 miles. Yeah, about 180 on a, on a clean lap. Tight corner, this turn three. Up a hill, pavement change, spins the tires, little dog leg left, into another left-hander that is very tight over the curb. Gosh. So here, I made a bad mistake in 05. Got in this corner, trying to pass for a second, nicked that wall, yep. hit the outside wall, and then bounced back in the middle and, of the field and, and got tagged. The one thing I'm noticing is how hard he's working his hands. Yeah, I mean, the and bumps. then you go down in the break zone. So bumpy here, and this is where they change the racetrack a little bit, but oh. this part of the racetrack, Look bumpy. Bump. Look how tight the wall is. A hard left-hander, and then a, just a little bit sweeping of a right-hander, and this is where Newgarden made the mistake on the restart. He got a little wide, got in the marbles. The marbles build up as the race goes on from the tires. And that's where it's easy to get offline, and that's the problem. You gotta try to make a pass off the racing line. Yep. Marbles build up, so you just see how tight that racetrack is, and that's why drivers have to be aggressive to make a pass on restarts. We saw the initial start of the race, how tight it was, so anything can happen at Toronto, which if that does, and New Garden and Rossi have just a small error and have a bad race, it puts so many people back into the championship. And the complexion of the of last year's race completely changed. Newgarden led the first 25 laps from the pole, and then he had his incident with the wall, and then suddenly Rossi is in two accidents, one with Will Power, one with Ryan hunter Ray, all these big names. And yet, despite all that, yeah. Newgarden still came back to finish ninth. 
Rossi, with his third wing, they had to change wings twice during that race, came back to finish eighth. So even with all the action, even all the mistakes that can take you out, it it doesn't necessarily eliminate contenders. And the the biggest thing there is the fact how narrow it is. So if somebody crashes, more often than not, a caution immediately comes out. Sometimes they try to keep the pit lane open, or they stay green to keep the pit lane open so everybody has a chance to pit under green. But we see there, it can easily block the racetrack. And if somebody's doing a bold strategy and other people have pitted, and they don't, the caution comes out, they go to the back of the field. So who's, who's going to surprise us this weekend? Uh, it, it, it's tough because the, the top of the field's been just kind of the, the, yeah. the usual suspects. But I look at a Colton Herta. They've had pace. Road America, they were really fast, but pit stops and strategy kind of messed them up. And James Hinchcliffe, he needs a great run. Hometown race, hometown I was just going to say, you got to yeah. bring in the hometown That's, deal. There. So, and, and another guy that always stands out is Graham Rahal because he will absolutely drive the wheels off a race car. He will get everything out of it. And a racetrack like this, that rewards drivers. And Graham Rahal can go out there and, and steal a win. I think you just named everyone in the top ten. <laughs> no, that wasn't everybody in the top Takuma ten. Sato was there. You missed him. I didn't name him. You said surprising. He's yeah. already got a win. You also didn't name the 2006 winner. Of the Toronto race, yeah. Who's that? I'm not. I'm not going to make that. This. Oh, oh my there we go. Gracious God, the video was gray back then. <laughs> we didn't have HD. No HD yeah. in 2006. God, that's just nice donuts. AJ. In the in the champ cars, how physical was that? Oh, I just this place wears you out. Yeah. It it physically wears you out and mentally wears you out. But you know what's pretty awesome? When you don't break the bottle over the table and you just. Spray <laughs> I was just going to say, yeah. you didn't smash the champagne yeah. ball. Great job AKA on that. 10 Brad out of 10 on that one. Yeah. yeah, that's the shot at Brad. But anyway, make sure to check out and subscribe to our Motorsports on NBC YouTube channel. You get extended race highlights, special interviews, and much, much more. It's easy to find us. Just visit YouTube and search Motorsports on NBC. And you get to heal Dale all the time. Coming up, though. I'm getting in the simulator this time, <laughs> and I'm going to go finish the race so I can Somebody beat AJ. Crash him. Welcome back. Our 50 States in 50 Days tour takes us to Utah Motorsports Campus. UMC first opened in 2006, and if it goes fast and has tires, you'll find it here. Next month, the track hosts a six-hour endurance race and Travis Pastrana's Nitro World Games. In past years, UMC has hosted the NASCAR K&N Pro Series. Current Xfinity Series driver Noah Gregson won a doubleheader there in 2016. Other big stars have visited. Mario Andretti has waved the green flag. And IndyCar's Ryan hunter Ray and Simon Pagano have earned IMSA wins at this track. So... TJ, I don't know if we always think about Utah as being a motorsports mecca, but clearly it's it's got a lot of motorsports background. Yeah, that's the thing about it, Nate, is I, I never raced there. I went to a lot of states and a lot of different tracks uh, across the country to, to race. But the great thing is with this initiative that NBC has gotten behind and NASCAR and a lot of drivers along the way is that there are small tracks and, and big facilities around the country, and there's so many great drivers along the way. And, you know, everybody gets their start somewhere, and you have to travel to these different places, uh, and it's just unbelievable. You know, mine started at, in Hickory, North Carolina, and I did everything from 
from selling popcorn and Cokes to, to later racing and being able to win at, at Hickory Motor Speedway. But uh, uh, this is exciting uh, as to what we're doing here at NBC and NBC uh, SN this year with uh, bringing uh, some recognition to these tracks because that's where the drivers start and the fans get their first uh, inkling of, of that they want to be a fan of the sport. Definitely love hearing all those stories of racing in far-flung places. And it's time to head back to the simulator <laughs> with Parker and AJ. AJ? Yeah, we're Parker. Saying that, we're saying that you finished 13 okay. last time. All right, 20 well, cars here. Oh, I can't even get going here. you got to throttle oh, up. Oh, it, it, oh, there's some stagger oh, in the right rear there, oh, Parker. Oh, oh, all right, I got right, go. There you go. All uh, right. We're off to a good start. So basically, if I just finish and they wreck like they did on the last time, yeah. then I got this. But I'm not going to put a lot of stock in me finishing this. Now, you know, Parker. Oh, we're Do green. Donnie Schatz, he's, he's won three in a row of the Kings right. Royal here. So, yep, he's got a little more experience. So you, so you want to be like Donnie Schatz here. Oh, I, yeah, I want to be like Donnie Schatz. I, I don't have any experience you're, being Donnie You're Schatz. 19th right now. All right, all right. I'm just taking it easy. You wrecked, like, in three seconds. I got wrecked. I no, didn't. I, wrecked. I got wrecked. Oh! So, moving up nicely. So you got to you got to pick the bottom or the top. The middle yep. they got they got no speed right now. No, no, it's it's too slick there. It's way too slick. Get up on the cushion. Put that oh, right hey. on the cushion and get you're, some. You're the worst spot Let's I've ever go. had in my life. Stop right? driving weak. <laughs> you get up in the cushion. What are you doing here in the middle? It's like a bad racer dad or something up get, here. Oh Yelling my goodness. Me. You know what? Oh, look at this. If you're just look at that. Oh. I'm making pat I'm gonna win this competition. Oh no no no! Oh, 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 oh. oh so that was close. Hit. That was close. Show show the viewers. All right. What all it's right. like to get in the cushion. Be a all man. Right. All right all right all right. Here we go. I'm up there a little bit. I'm getting there. We got six laps to go. Now that went even close to the cushion. Put that right rear up there. All right. Oh. oh you lifted. You can't lift. Well, that guy was in the wall. Yeah, you know, you're just not even paying attention. Oh my goodness. To how well I'm doing. Oh wow. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh no. Oh no. At least I took a chance. Yeah. Just after riding around in the middle. No, I'm going for it here. I'm just being smart. This is all about winning the competition. And maybe get, get to the wall. Get the cushion. Four oh, to go. Oh. The four speed's to go. up top now. We've lost the grip. Yeah, we've it, lost the bottom. It, it's dry slicked over right now in the middle. You can't run up there. Run the cushion. Why couldn't it? I'm passing a guy. <laughs> Get up there, You're put the, the worst, right rear against the fence. You're the worst me, spotter slash there we go. helper ever. There we go. You're going to need a tear off here pretty soon. I know. I can't get to the button. <laughs> I think I we got get two to, to go. This is too hard. Oh, it, look at this. Motoring by this guy. You weren't doing this stuff. Yeah. Oh, slide job. Oh, oh. Get get oh, up clear. there against the cushion. You're 14th. You need, two, you need one. What? Yeah. How am I 14th? Because you hadn't passed anybody. <laughs> What? Coming to the checker. You oh, got no. some guys slowing down here. They may let you get get no, into 12. No, I'm getting the, I'm getting this run. No, oh, come on. That's all you got. Oh. Sorry, that's it. All right. Well, I didn't wreck. So I'm putting a plus in my, you know, column there. Plus, are, are I you, think just not wrecking gives me the win on this. Well, the fact is, you know, it's it's hard to wreck when you're just riding around in the back. At least I was trying to get some. Oh, running around the back. I was racing slide you down. You weren't doing it. Nate, take this back over. I can't watch this Nate, pitiful driving display anymore. Don't listen to this guy. Don't judge me from him. All right. Well, thanks again to all of our live iRacers, even the one who wrecked A.J. Allmendinger. We still <laughs> appreciate you. Back up next, we'll, we'll have the uh, big name to watch in Kentucky Speedway. I think there's one in particular that you'll want to hear about. Yeah.
for Martin Truex Jr. You won it, baby. Who's in Kentucky? More points going to Martin Truex Jr. as he wins in Kentucky. Running down a dream. You're missing something. It's all right. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Martin Truex Jr. is looking for his third straight win at Kentucky on Saturday night. Over the last two seasons at Kentucky, he's been dominant. He's led 60% of the total laps run and swept all the stages as well. This is absolutely insane. And DJ, I mean, this domination is unprecedented at this era. Yeah, especially against the competition. Uh, it's not like that he's just out there uh, racing against guys that have crashed or anything like that. He's just gone out and beaten the best at their very best. So uh, I think that's probably, uh, you're, if you're planning to go to Victory Lane Saturday night, you're going to have to beat Martin Truex. Figure out a way to do it somehow. First thing you got to do is keep him from winning the first stage. And you probably want him on your NBC Sports Predictor app where the jackpot is $20,000 this weekend. Oh, nice. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. yeah I think I'd, I'd want to play, but we're not allowed to play for the money. I've got my picks in. Yeah. Money oh, or not. All right, you know? cool. Why not, Good, right? good. Let's talk about your fantasy picks, though. Yeah. Who you got uh, this week? Well, as AJ noted, I really went on a limb with my, <laughs> my five here. I'm going to Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Martin Tricks Jr., Brad Kozlowski, also a former multi-time winner here. Joey Logano and Alex Bowman in the garage. Hendrick, by the way, has never won at Kentucky Speedway. So huh. be aware of that on, on their recent mile-and-a-half success. It hasn't really translated. What I noticed is you basically had them in order of the speed of their race cars over the course of the season, <laughs> actually, as well. Like, I'm pretty sure Cobbush is the fastest race car this year of the four, the 19, the 2, 22, and 88. So, I mean, you really went just to the numbers on yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like taking risks, as you guys know. DJ, wow. who do you? Yeah. DJ, you know what? We got to bring. We got to bring a Hall of Famer. Who do you think is going to win? Well, I, I mean, you have to go with Martin Truex Jr. I, I think that if you're looking at that, but Nate, I like that. You know, you've been saving up. I can see what you're doing here. Uh, you know, that could be a huge points night if this should if if the favorites all run in the top five there as you have predicted. I got some starts left for the, the big horses. Why I've actually yeah. run out, so that's smart. pretty smart. Who you got? I'm Wait. going Kyle Larson for the win. Wow. All right. Let's well, go, Kyle. That's a big one. Thanks for watching Motorsports Hour. Head over to NBC Sports app now for the Xfinity Series final practice and enjoy all the racing this weekend. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.